we want to welcome all of you once again to another uh, Keep Calm and Advent On conversation. Uh, I think we're almost all complete. I, I, I believe, here we go. Yes, we are all complete. Uh, happy Sabbath to everybody that is joining us today. Uh, we hope that you have had a blessed week. Um, we, you know what, look, I don't even know what to say anymore, guys, because it's like every, every week there's something crazy that's going on. Uh, like, like right when you think, okay, now we're about to improve, like, okay, vaccines are out and now it's like not enough vaccines. And it's like, okay, no, there are <laughs> enough vaccines. The lines are just too long. Right. And it's like, oh no, you can't get in line. Cause you're not ready to go. Like there's just so many different things going on. Uh, it's just, it, it seems like the world just doesn't stop, but we're here. We are here and we want to welcome every single one of you for joining us. Uh, you know what we have, I, you know, I can't see the chat. That's the only problem. I don't think we have any happy Sabbaths yet. Okay. But That's what I, was gonna say. I can't see it either. Just tell yeah, it's, me not, it's not letting action, me. So it's action allowed. isn't allowed. Oh, is that I'm what it is? You know what? Maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. There, maybe there's something going on with the chat and I'll, I'll try to figure this out in a second, but it sounds like it's a Mitch issue. It, no, it sounds like it's a YouTube <laughs> issue. Let's, let's try to correct that a YouTube issue. Uh, <laughs> but, but we'll, we'll figure this out in a second. But anyways, guys, what's up? How are you guys doing today? Good, good man. Excited, excited. Definitely excited for this topic. You know, uh, I saw um, when you're talking about vaccines, I saw um, uh, your sister, uh, Jason, put something, I think it was on uh, Instagram, saying that that the, the, the amount of people that are, are sick with COVID are going down. So, I mean, you know, I, I think we're going in a positive direction, I hope. I mean, here, here I don't want to get into politics, but Mitch has an idea of what I'm thinking. I'm pretty sure you guys have an idea of what I'm thinking, but... I'm happy with it. Um, I mean, I hope it keeps on going down. It, I like the, I like the fact that it's going down, and it, the less people dead, the better. Mm. That, the, really, honestly, guys, um, it's we can't. We're never going to be able to make up for those people that lost loved ones. Yeah. And if we could be safe and the numbers go down, better. Nobody else loses more loved ones. Yeah, I would I would agree with that as well. I think that, uh, you know, too many people have died. And at this point, you know, any solution is much better than anything that that we've had in the past. So, uh, you know, we just got to keep pushing forward. Um, but uh, but yeah, you, you know what? Look, it, look, it looks like there is something going on with the chat and I'll try to figure this out as we go. So if you are watching us, you know, just we'll, we'll just take it in faith that you did say happy Sabbath. Uh, I got a message from Julio, by the way, Julio, who I got a, I got a text message from Isada saying happy yeah. Sabbath. So. Say happy Sabbath. There, we, there we go. You know, but no, but I got a text message from Julio, which, by the way, I, I think I mentioned this, but Julio, you know, has got twins now. So I, I don't even know if he's sleeping, but he's joining us. I know he is. I know he's watching, um, you know, but he's also telling me that we're having issues with that. So we'll try to fix it as we go along. Uh, but yet, so yes, he's watching it. or yes, he's sleeping. <laughs> I think both. I think both. I think Julio oh, getting is both sleep. watching that's and good. sleeping. Yeah. Andrew says it from experience. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I ask. I'm like, I don't know about that second one. <laughs> uh, for sure, for sure. But anyways, um, so uh, again, we want to welcome everybody that's watching us. It looks like we are having a problem with the live chat, but again, we'll, we'll figure this out in a second. Um, we want to jump into our conversation today, uh, but we do want to remind you that, uh, you know, sometimes when we have these conversations, it, honestly, nothing is really personal. And I'm only saying this because um, I was having a conversation with David, who joins us every once in a while here on Keep Calm. And he was telling me when he saw the promo of what we were going to talk about, he's like, bro, that's exactly what we were talking about. Like, is it now about me? And, and I think that this is one of those conversations that it's like about everyone. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I think that all of us at some point have struggled with something here 
or there. But uh, we're going to try to uh, figure this out. And, you know, uh, we're here to kind of tackle some tough questions and hopefully uh, all of you get something good out of it. So with that being said, we're going to start with a word of prayer. Uh, and uh, Andrew, is it okay if you lead us in prayer today as we begin? Uh, bow our heads. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, as we enter into your Sabbath, Lord, we just ask that uh, once again, that your Holy Spirit may be with us, Lord, uh, in a mighty way as we uh, tackle these uh, tough conversations, Lord. Uh, we just ask that um, whatever's going on with the chat, Lord, that you may be able to uh, just fix that so that uh, we can be able to have some interaction and just uh, be able to uh, tackle any of the questions that, that people have, Lord. I just want to ask a special blessing. Uh, on all of uh, all of the hearers, Lord, and all those that are going to hear later in the future, that uh, you you may touch them in a mighty way, Lord. I want to ask for all those who have lost loved ones in this uh, this uh, a terrible pandemic, Lord, and those who are struggling through it right now, uh, and those who will lose them in the future, Lord. Uh, we just ask for um, just a hedge over over uh, all all the people, Lord, a protection, Lord, uh, at least uh, that you would be there in comfort and peace, Lord, most of all. We just ask a special prayer for all of us, Lord, and that, um, that everything we speak may be according to your word. We ask all this in your precious name, I pray. Amen. 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 Appreciate that, Andrew. Thank you so much. Uh, and once again, we want to welcome everybody that is joining us. We'll try to fix the chat in a second. And uh, it looks like it is a YouTube thing. And I'm just going to try to get in there and see if we can uh, switch that out. But anyways, um, guys, I'm going to start you off. If I kind of zone out for a second, I'll let you just continue. All right. So ignore me as I try to fix this. Uh, but we want to start off with a simple question. Uh, and this is an honest question. This is one of those questions that you may just have to be vulnerable to everybody that is watching us and the internet and YouTube and social media. And this is a million dollar question that I want to ask you guys. No pun intended. <laughs> have you ever wanted to be rich? Have you ever wanted to have a lot of money? And I'll let you guys kind of talk about this a little bit. And I'm going to just kind of zone out here for a second. <laughs> I mean, um, who hasn't well, like, I think, well, like, who I think how many this? times have you thought about being rich or thinking of the possibility that you can be rich? I think that should be the question. Cause I don't, I honestly don't think there's a person that has not thought that, that that thought has at least had not haven't that it hasn't crossed their mind. I don't think there's anyone that, that, that just doesn't pop in their head. So are we, are we, we're, we're, we're specifically talking about money, right? Like have <laughs> enough money. Cause you can be rich with like with, influence power that stuff but it's money right so i would say me there's been there's been more than a few times where i'm just like man uh i i i if only if only i hit that 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 the lottery you know or or <laughs> or once you know the the what's that that's that sweepstakes that happens at the beginning of the year uh uh publishers clearinghouse i think like they give like a hundred a hundred thousand dollars or something um there been there, there has been instances if if I'm going to be honest where I I have wanted to be rich for either for selfish purposes because I didn't want to seem like el, el pobre niño or for other reasons where I didn't have enough to do something or for or do something for someone that I'm just like man like if if only I had enough yeah I think uh, I think we've all had this thought you know it's funny that we talk about this because actually was having a conversation with my my brother and my mother like about like a week ago where we were just we were just on the phone we're all three-wing we're all talking about like man imagine if i won the lottery 
right? Which I don't even play the lottery, so it would be impossible. But I was like, imagine if we were to win the lottery and and what we could buy. And literally the conversation turned into who can outdo who with what they would give to the family. I was like, oh yeah, I would give you 50,000, you know, I would give you a million ma, I would give you, you know, a million and I would buy everybody cars and and my, my brother's like, oh, well, that's all you would do. This is what I would do. And then I remember I got to one point where I'm like, I would buy, I would give you a limit, uh, a car for 150000 whatever car you wanted. And then on top of that, I would all buy you guys a $20,000 Honda Civic for you to drive to work. So you don't have to mess up your your your, your nice car. And we were just going on and on about. You're like, already wasting the money or using the money that money you don't, that even, you don't have. even have. That's so funny. And getting but, into arguments with people with money you don't even have. You don't even have. <laughs> it's, 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 it's crazy how, how, you know, it seems like you have this uh, idea of like, okay, if I had this much, this would be it. But I have mm. a feeling that if we reach that place, then it would be something else and something. Yeah. You, it would never stop, you know? Yeah. yeah, because yeah. I, I think that's like how all rich people are. Like you get to that place. You're like, Oh, like I'm already, like, I have that, that house. I have the car. It's like, but I could do, well, maybe I want a bigger house. Maybe I want a better car. And I, I it's human nature for us not to be satisfied. Our humanly nature, it's for us to not be satisfied, I think. And that's why we always want more. And, well, that's where greed comes in into the picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely agree that uh, we, there, can never, there, can, there can never be enough of what you want to attain. You know, uh, they always say that, that especially for those who've always been born with, with plenty or with more than plenty, that they don't know the life of that person that has had to struggle like day in and day out. Um, And I mean, and not just what, what you see in in movies, but like when you see documentaries of people that have a lot and we're talking about like, you know, there's a, like, there's a famine or there's this type of need in the world. Right. And -and so-and-so big name recording artist or, or NBA or soccer player that donates a million dollars. And you're just like, you just you you just signed a contract of a multi-million. You you are the highest paid player, and the best you can do is a million dollars. Like yo, like we 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 actually even place judgment on them, which I think if the tables were turned, we probably w- might end up being worse. <laughs> so true. That's a. I want to throw another example that just just to kind of put myself out there because it's funny. I remember maybe you guys had a similar experience. I remember before I before I even got a job. I remember I would see, I was like, man, as soon as I get a job, ma, I'm 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 going to buy this for you. And, you know, hey, I'm going I'm to take my brothers out to eat and I'm going to do all these things when I get my first job, supposedly me. Right. And I get my first check. And then all of a sudden you got to pay the phone bill and then you got to give a cut <laughs> to your mom. And all of a sudden you're left with like 60, 70 bucks and you're like, you know, a, a couple months in. And then all of a sudden your mentality changes. Right. It's funny because, you know, we say we're going to do all these things, like I was saying, once we get a certain amount, but we, what we then realize is that it never ends. It's just a never ending yeah. cycle. You know, you, you, uh, by the way, guys, the live chat is up now. So, you know, I, I see the happy Sabbath coming in. Um, I, I tested a message there and I think uh, Martin did as well. So, uh, so there we go. You know, if uh, anybody is joining us and wants to do a happy Sabbath shout out, it's working. And also, you know, you feel free to answer the question. I mean, have you ever wanted to be rich? I think, you know what? And and let me just chime in here because I'm hearing you guys' examples. I think it also depends on, like, like, 
like how you were raised, right? Um, and and especially if you were raised in a situation where you know just just money wasn't wasn't there. Like I mean, I I remember going to the store with my mom, and you know, it, we, we, you'd see something that you'd want, you'd ask, I'm like, mom, hey, can I get this? And she's like, no, there's no money. You know, and then next time, hey, can I get this? No, there's no money. Hey, can I get this? No, there's no money. And I'm like, wait, but how are we buying all these other things if we got no money? Like, what's going on? <laughs> you know, and then the, and then the thing that's popping into my mind is, man, I wish I was rich because then I could buy everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and so if you're in a certain situation, I think that there's always that feeling of like, I want to be there, right? I, like, I, I, I wish I had this. I wish I had that. You know, and you're thinking, uh, hopefully I'll have a better house than my parents or I'll be in a better economic situation. And and parents tell you that very same thing. Hispanic parents, definitely. Right. Like it's like it's like, you know, you got to go to school so you can make more money than we do. You know, you you got you got to progress in life. You got to make us better. And it always kind of surrounds money, money for whatever yeah. reason. And, yeah, and the, the funny right. thing is, when you, uh, just going back to that, all everything we're talking about, whenever you have these ideas of like what you're going to do with this money. And you always say at the end, you're like, oh, yeah. And I would give some to the church. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you're always like uh, like a portion. Right. Just like uh, Martin would say enough where it's not going to affect you, but you're going to be all right. You know, kind of like the like you're saying with the NBA players, multimillionaires. But oh, I'll throw like a, you know, I'll throw a million there. Oh, you, oh, you know, what's my my favorite? Uh, I've heard this time and time again, you know. Oh, yeah. So if, if, I, if I end up being a multimillionaire, what's going to end up happening is that I'm going to. I'm gonna stop working. I'm gonna stop receiving a paycheck, or I'm gonna take one dollar a year. And I'm just like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you know what? Bank account get lower and lower, and lower and lower. And lower. You know what? Um, it, no, it's true, and it and it's crazy. And I'll and I'll share this because I recently ran into a video. It popped up in my feed, my YouTube feed, and it was T Pain. You guys know who T Pain is. Mm-hmm. Um, and T-Pain, the, the video said, uh, Ooh, how T-Pain, yeah, how, how <laughs> T-Pain lost $40 million or something like that went bankrupt with, after having $40 million. And this is like a video that's out there, you know, every once in a while it just makes a round. And it, it's, it was so weird to me watching that video because, you know, a lot of hip hop and R&B is about getting rich. Yeah. It's about making money. It's about flaunting the money. And so I watched the video and he was like, you know what? Like we were making just bad investments and just trying to buy houses in the projects and flip them and, and all these different things. And eventually he lost $40 million in the bank. And I've thought to myself, like, you know, if I had $40 million, I, I'd never lose that. Like I would manage that. So like the first thing I would do is pay off the debts of my church and then buy my mom a house and then buy, you know, my, my in-laws a house and then, you know, buy my brother a house and buy, you know, just all of a sudden, yeah, you start doing that. 40 million is going to go out real quick. Angles, right? Yeah. 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 And, and, and so I think there's always this, this idea of, you know what, the, or, uh, or how, how, how about that person that says, Oh, you know what, if I got all these millions, you know what, I would live in the same house. I would just keep that in the bank. You ever heard that one where they yeah. say, oh, I would, I would just, <laughs> stay, I would live within my means. Right. Within my means. I, and I don't think that happens. Um, and, 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 you know, right before we went on, I was actually looking up popular songs about getting rich and uh and they had like a list of songs i half of them i didn't hear but there was one titled um more money more problems i think it was something like that uh or i think it was like mo money mo problems yeah yeah it's a mo money i can look it up right now 
<laughs> is that what it is? That's okay. Old song, man. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't even know who said it. I, I'll look it up right now. But, but it was there, and I was just thinking, well, you know what? There is a truth there, though. Yeah. Well, when do you have all of a sudden more problems? Now, um, I think what Julio says in the chat. And I don't know if you guys can see that. Yeah. What he says in the chat, I think, I think is kind of where we need to jump into, right? Yeah. Where, where the comment is, "What shall it profit a man if he gaineth the whole world and loses, loses his, soul. his soul?" Right. Uh, and he says, I'd rather be the way I am now. Uh, and, and I think that's a fascinating comment, but, but materialism is the issue, right? That that's ultimately what we want to talk about. And so I want to ask you guys, I think we've all expressed, we wish we could have had more. Now the question is, how would we define materialism? Cause I think that's what we're talking about, but I think it's important that we say materialism is this. How do you guys see it? How do you guys perceive what materialism is? And by the way, anybody else that's watching as well on the live chat, let us know what your definition of materialism is. Uh, let us know what you think. How would you define? How would you describe what materialism is? So do you want us to go through the, or to mention the philosophical definitions? Or the cultural definition? Whatever impresses your heart. Whatever impresses your heart. Go for it. Um, the idea that I have, at least in my, my opinion, right, materialism is that that desire, that drive to gain stuff, you know, to gain stuff and 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 in excess excessiveness, and also that that stuff is this becomes basically the center of your world. That everything you do, everything from the moment you get up to the moment you 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 go to sleep, you are driven to obtain that thing or those things to, you know, and, and there's nothing in the world that's going to stop you. At least if I'm going to put it in simple words, that would be my, my definition of that. I mean, there's, there's other literal like definitions of what that is, but at least sure. the pursuit of, of the material, the, the wealth, the material wealth. Pursuit of the material. Okay. Very well. Anybody else want to give it a shot? I, of course, I had to look up some definitions. Dude, I was, I was going through this and seriously, I started to get it started to get it started to get a headache. It's like Martin was saying, when you, once you start looking into these philosophies of monism and all these things, I was like, dude, down the rabbit hole. It's too much, bro. This is too much. <laughs> I went with something simple. I, I think it, it explains it pretty well. It says, the philosophy that everything can, can be explained in terms of matter, or the idea that goods and wealth are the most important things. And right here, I think this last part that it says intrigued me. And it says, an example of materialism is explaining love in terms of material things. That's mm. interesting. That, and that's I think we'll get that. into that. That's there was, one, there was one definition that I thought was uh, touched uh, a little, I, I think a part of some, what some of these definitions uh, um, almost miss. It says here, this is from Webster's. It says the preoccupation with or stress upon material rather than intellectual or spiritual things. Mm. I saw that one. Yeah. yeah, that's one of the definitions I saw. To me, it's just when the only thing that makes you happy is something that you can buy. Mm. That, that to me is materialism. When something that you can buy makes you happy. Yeah, yeah. That's the only so, thing. That so, Jason, so you would say that that someone who's materialistic is someone that only finds happiness. I, I'll make it even more general. Only finds happiness in things that you can obtain. Exactly. I got it. I got it. I just wanted to uh, kind of like tackle this last part that I said. I think uh, it's an example of materialism is explaining love in terms of material things. Imagine how vague that is compared to what the Bible says about love and who God is, right? 
comparing what is unconditional love, the agape love of God, comparing that to explaining love in terms of material things. The fact that, oh, if we're in a relationship, I'm only, uh, you only love me if you give me certain things and vice versa, right? A, a relationship built on, you know, what you give me and what I give you. That mm-hmm. sounds so vague. And I'm sure we're going to touch on that. But, but, but you know what? But you know what? Andrew, your, your definition is interesting because I think that we do it sometimes even unconsciously. Oh, for sure. Um, you, you know what? Um, uh, you know, you guys, you guys know, I, I don't know how many people that are watching know, but you guys know that, that I've, I've gotten this weird obsession with, uh, with, with PC building. Right. And oh, you, one, you have, yeah, I have. I know, <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. He's going to be able to, he's going to be able to run zoom. He's going to be able to run zoom without zoom. I'm, I'm going to let the computer do that. Uh, the goal is to, build artificial intelligence someday. Um, and no, no, but there was a guy that I was watching. Uh, he, he builds, he builds a bunch of computers and he opens up this graphics card. doesn't even matter if you know what a graphics card is. He just opens it up and he's like, wow. It's like, look at this. This is so beautiful. Oh, I love it. I love it already. I love it so much. Right. He says it like three times. And I, and it just, it struck me in a weird way because I was like, it's funny how we use the term love for things that are material, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know what? Like, I love my car. Um, uh, you know, I love my house. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, it, maybe in my case, I love my computer, whatever it is. And so these things that you said, right, explaining love in terms of, 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 mater- of, of a matter of materialism, right, um, of things, like we do it. We do it anyways. We, we do it unconsciously. You know, we use that term too loosely sometimes, I think, love. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you say, hey, do you love your wife? Yeah. Do you love your car? Yeah. And somehow I don't think you feel the same way about both. I'm, I'm just saying. I, maybe <laughs> some people do. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. yeah but, but, but right now that you're saying that, though, like, when, when it does draw me to, it's like, I think it's just like mainly in the English language that we use it so loosely. Because if you look at it in Spanish, true, there's two different ways to tell somebody that you love them. Yo amo el dinero. Do you really hear that though? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you it guys know what I'm getting at, right? It's deeper. Yeah. It's deeper when it. Yeah, when I think I think it's just in English. Like in English, to be honest, it's just it's just over overused for everything. Like, oh, um, I love this pen. Like, really, what what do you love about this pen? You know. It's like just because you because just because it's comfortable in your hand, like things like that. Like it's like, come on, dude, use a better word for that. Like you, you know, you know what though? But I do love this pen. This is a great pen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great hey, pen. My brother but, gave me this pen. It's a great pen. Hey, but say how that that graphics card guy said it though. Oh, I, I love it. I love, I love, it. I love this so pen. Yeah, but but you look, it it's true. I think language does make a difference. And yet I would say that North American culture, American culture very materialistic oh very mm-hmm. very materialistic okay i, I would make that argument that it is and it's possible that many of our um those those before us our fathers right our mothers our parents our grandparents did not come from a, a very materialistic culture right so a lot of them came from poverty i know that my family on both sides poverty and so you know, you, you get to North America, you get to the United States and it's like, bam, right? Wow. This is all that you can obtain. Um, uh, there's a definition I wanted to share with you guys. And similar to what you guys said, a tendency, mater- materialism is a tendency 
to consider material possessions and physical comfort. I like this one. Physical comfort as more important than spiritual values. Mm. You know, so there's also this element of not just possessions, not just things, but comfort as well. Right. Uh, you may not have a lot of things, but you're in search of comfort, consistent comfort. So anyways, um, uh, Julio, by the way, says material could also materialism could also be interpreted as idolatry. Can I, I, I just course. saw that and I think That's he deep. made a point. How so? How, how would you guys see that? Uh, that materialism could be idolatry as well. Well, when it when it uh, um, completely. Uh, uh, imb- OK, what's what's idolatry, right? Your your worship of an idol. If it's, we put it in, in its very simple term, there are people that, that, that worship money, not, you know, not worship like the almighty dollar bill and they, you know, they worship it, you know, all that stuff. No, but as in it consumes their lives, it, it, everything they do, it's focused solely on that, that at least when you, when you look at um, our definitions of worship, it, uh, it's all they think about. It's, uh, all they uh, dream about, right? It's all they can talk about, and um, and and in their in, and in their in their uh, I guess uh, um, pursuit of that, they drive people away because that's all they can talk about. Mm. You know, it's crazy. Like it just makes me think. All I think about, like when it comes to that stuff, like is Wall Street. Yeah. How many people, like how many like rich people that lose their wealth in one day? commit suicide or do bodily harm or have to ingest drugs because it's depressing or just even like to be able to continue counting numbers Mm -hmm. they they have to to do all these things that that right there i think people the people that work at wall street would be just like julio was saying like they're literally idolizing making money having money seeing six seven eight nine figure zeros in the bank yeah, I, I think I would go even a step further. I would say that idolatry would be anything that we place above God. Mm-hmm. Right? From that perspective, I think that, me, that, that makes it that we're all either struggling to spend time with God or that other thing that is consume, consuming our time, yeah. whatever it may be. You know what I mean? So if we, look, if we look at it from that perspective, then really, you know, whatever material thing, because we're talking about materialism, you know, that we spend time on or focus on when that takes the place or, you know, prioritizes over God, that can become idolatry. You know what I mean? Now that, that could be anything though, right? I yeah, mean, it doesn't oh, necessarily have to be money. Sure. Um, I, I, I find that interesting what you just said right now. And uh, I'm pulling the verse up. Uh, you guys probably have it later on, but um, in your notes, but Matthew chapter six, verse 24, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where, where, um, uh, where Jesus says, right, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. And he, he finishes this phrase by saying, you cannot serve God and mammon, right? And, and mammon literally in Aramaic means riches. So, so it's weird that Jesus goes in and puts, he could have pointed to anything else, right? But he points to, God versus riches. You know what I'm saying? Like he could have said God versus uh, strength, God versus glory, God versus nobody. But he says, look, either God or riches. And I, and I know that's more nuanced because we're just grabbing one verse, but I think there's something there, right? Where 
like maybe it's it's something about humans that we have a tendency of replacing God for riches. Yeah. What um sorry. <laughs> go for it, go for uh, it, Martin. <laughs> okay. Um what I, I was I did a word study on on this verse and I focused on on right here. Okay, it says money and other says mammon. Um uh and I was looking at like the cultural references of the time and also what what you know what, what was the idea behind okay, money it, it almost sounds very very vague, you know, uh, mm-hmm. or riches, but it's if, if we put ourselves in the mind of the people, then it's that's where they were placing their trust in. So when I was looking at the at the different variations of how people describe well, mammon, money, riches, it was it, I came to one conclusion that it is whatever you place your trust in. In this case, we talk about money, right? You technically idolize that because your livelihood, your, 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 your survival, your, um, your, your very existence depends on that. And as we know, God is the reason why we exist. But if people are not worshiping God and they're worshiping money, then money is the reason why not only they exist, but what they place their trust in. So, and you can, you can replace that, that, uh, that word mammon or money or riches with anything else that you place your trust in 100% over God, you automatically uh, um, idolize that, you know what I mean? And that's people idolize their jobs, people idolize their health, people idolize themselves, people idolize their intellect. I mean, think about it. Anything but can be that their, type of- their, their, uh, their, their significant other. Their significant other, yeah, yeah absolutely. Martin, Martin, but you know what? Let me, let me just kind of uh, say something to what you're saying right now. Because- if assume for a second, hypothetically, that God did not exist or that you found out that God did not exist, mm-hmm. what would you place your trust in? And it seems to me in the type of world that we live in, money would probably be the number one answer. Oh, right? okay. Okay. Money, money would probably be the number one answer because it is the one thing that can buy you better doctors. It's the one thing that can buy you better mm-hmm. education. It's the one True. thing that can get you better lawyers if you do something wrong. You understand what I'm saying? Like, True, um, true, true. I, I mean, I, and, do, I, and they do say that money opens doors, right? Right. It, it'll, it'll, it'll buy you security. I mean, so many things. And so I, that's why I think Jesus comment is very interesting. He, he could have said you cannot serve God and anything else. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm, I'm with you. I'm not saying that you're wrong. All I'm saying mm-hmm. is that I think there's a reason why he put wealth, mm-hmm. right? Mamonas as, as it would be in the Aramaic, this idea of, of wealth of riches, because mm-hmm. I think more often than not, that's what that's really what people try to find security in. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. You're 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 right. You're right. Uh... Yeah, and and I want to uh, even to expand on that. I would say that I would I would go even to as far as to say that it is the almost the opposite of what God requires from us in the faith aspect. Mm. You know what I mean? Because if we're putting our security in things, we're putting our faith in those things to 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 you know, write it out to, to have our comfort and all these things instead of God, which is what he requires of us. But I, I wanted to go in uh, to something that uh, we were talking about earlier, too. You know, um, this it's so ingrained in us, right? This materialism that sometimes, like you said, uh, Mitchell, earlier that, um, you know, it just comes out of us uh, without us knowing, you know, through our subconscious, right? The You know, uh, when you're talking about love, right? We do this thing. But, 
you know, I was talking about to you guys about this earlier, but when we talk about heaven, why is it that when whenever we talk about heaven, I talk to you guys about this, right? The first thing that we mention is like, oh man, I can't wait to walk on the streets of gold, you know, of crystal and and have my mansion, have my mansion. You know, my, and the, my mansion. Yeah. Yeah. The mansion, the glass seas, like all these different things, the things that we're, we're thinking, we're, about we're thinking of is all the material things. Yeah. As opposed to what the Bible says. Right. This the Bible says that this is eternal life, that you may know the one true God and his mm. son, Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. Right. The idea is that eternal life is spending time with God for that. That is what should make us happy that we would spend the rest of eternity in, in, in our, with our savior, not all these other things, all, you know I mean? Not that any of these things are, are, you know, we can't uh, look forward to these things, but why is that always the emphasis? As all right. opposed to, and, okay. You know what and, I mean? Fair, fair enough. But, but I mean, I, you know, I'll throw the question back at you for a second. Why then does the Bible talk about those things? Oh, I'm not, house, like I said, in, I'm, in, I'm, in, in my father's house, there are many mansions, uh, the new Jerusalem streets of gold, uh, uh, proline gates. Right. I mean, like, like these are things that are there. Sure. So 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 why then am am I not supposed to be attracted to that? Like like is it in the Bible there to like test faith or what or like what? Because I, I don't I don't think it should be the priority of why we mm. why I hope that's not the priority. You know what I mean like we're saying everything has to be balanced. If that's why we're looking to go to heaven for those reasons and Jesus this is not crossing our mind and spending the rest of eternity with Jesus. I think there's an issue there. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it's a fascinating question as to why the new Jerusalem is described as this place, right? Where there are streets of gold. Um, uh, there's a, what does it say? It's a, it's a sea of crystal, which, which is fascinating to me. Have you guys ever seen the store? Um, I, I don't even know if you pronounce it correctly. Zwarovski. Zwarovski. Uh, it's, oh, okay, it's, I know what you're talking about. I don't yeah, it's, it's like a jewelry it's store. Like, it yeah, it, it is a jewelry store. store, but they have a lot of these things made out of crystal, like like these very shiny things made out of crystal. And so I'm like, like, why is the Bible describing these things? But 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 here here, maybe let's take a step back because I think we're gonna get back to that question. Why why are we so attracted to riches? Forget the ones in heaven for a second. Like, why are we so attracted to materialism here? on earth now um you know, i have i have a uh something i wanted to read here it's a i found a some a page on a statistic here where it says and this is kind of leading to why i think you know we're attracted to it so much it says it says the more we have of it it seems the more money wears off indeed research by noble uh daniel kahiman and agnes deaton suggests that the happiness benefits of increased income diminished around 75,000 in part because increases beyond that point likely don't exert as large an impact on people's ability to live comfortably. They continue. I think one of the biggest uh, attractions is, is stability that, mm -hmm. that it creates that security. Like we we're talking about being comfortable, you know, and it says that after 75,000, you know, it diminishes, right? And I was looking, uh, uh, even in this article, it said uh, between the person that has a million and 10 million, right? The, it's very marginal what, what uh, I guess, the happiness factor. But they were saying it's not just attaining that money. It's also how you attained it. Was it something that was inherited or was it something that you worked for, right? And uh, this article says something even more interesting. 
down here it says um says using a oh no this it says they also found that how you make the money makes a difference in how happy you are with it they asked respondents to report whether their wealth was earned through investing business profits wages bonuses and unearned through inheritance or marrying into wealth right it says right here it says in an ironic twist the researchers found that there is one thing that deca millionaires can do to get even more happiness and it mm. says to give it away uh, it says uh, as the researchers wrote Andrew Carnegie came up with one solution. He donated all the vast majority of his fortune to charities, foundations, and universities during the last few years, keeping it from his heirs and an apparent effort to lead them to useful, worthy lives. And his solution has greater wisdom as well because researchers show that shows that giving to others leads to greater happiness than spending on oneself. Car Carnegie was also employing his wealth in a manner likely to maximize his own happiness. So was so, it, so it, so it, so is it, comfort or is it happiness that they I think it's, I think it's happiness what, what I'm reading is kind of happiness yeah which 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 for the record okay uh, when when you study ethics for example or when you study philosophy one of the main issues that is discussed is happiness like happiness is a, a motivating factor for a lot of different things right whether mm. Uh, you're looking at it from like a, a, a utilitarian perspective, right? Where you're looking at uh, the only thing that matters is happiness and the, the most ma the most happiness for the maximum amount of people. Like that seems to, it's it's a motivating factor. By the way, um, to anybody that's watching us live again, uh, if you are watching us live, let us know what, what, what you think makes people so attracted to materialism. We also want to hear what you think about that. Why do you think people are so attracted to materialism? But yeah, I hear I hear happiness. I don't know if you were seeing something else, Andrew, in that. No, no. I mean, I think happiness is one of them. I think comfort, security. I think these are all in, in the same lane if we could. Yeah, can I give you can I give you guys a theory and, and just see if you guys respond to this? I think that the reason we're so attracted to materialism is because naturally we are greedy. Hmm. <laughs> and let me and let me explain what I mean by that. I think it begins with the Garden of Eden. And and once again, Genesis chapter three, that speaks always so much to us. Right. This is this is my theory. Uh, I, I was giving a Bible study on this uh, actually a week ago for our church. And we were talking about the meaning of the Garden of Eden. And Eden itself uh, is very similar to an Aramaic word that actually means pleasure or delight. Right. So you could say that literally it would have been the garden of pleasure, the garden of delight. But uh, the sept, the the sept, the, sorry, the Septuagint translation of the Bible, right, which was the Greek translation of the Old Testament that the New Testament writers knew and most likely used, literally translate the Garden of Eden as the garden of luxuries. Mm. Now, if you are living in luxuries. If you're living in pleasure and delight, why would you leave that? Well, the only answer I have to that is that you become greedy in wanting more than that. And what was more than having all the luxuries and the pleasure and the delight? It was being like God. And so when Eve sees that if she eats from the fruit, she will be like God. Not, like, like there is greed that is going on in her heart at that moment. 
And so as she sins and everyone obviously falls into this inclination towards sin, we are connected. We are married to the concept of greed Mm. and we always want more. We always want more one way or another. Naturally, sinfully, we always want more. I believe that it is nature, human nature, sinful human nature, right? That that is greedy. And therefore, we're attracted to materialism because it is our way to obtain more and more and more. That yeah. that makes sense because if we also uh, look at the, um, the reason why uh, Lucifer became Satan was for the same reason. I mean, he was in heaven. <laughs> Think about the place that we were just talking about. He was in that, that streets of gold. He was in there in that perfect place. He himself was perfect and was covered by by jewels, but he wanted more. You know, he 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 wanted to attain. He want. You can't even say he wanted to be more happy because I don't think I don't think you can be any more happier than being in heaven. But you know, then again, that's the mystery, right? Um, he wanted more. You know, and that that is the connection with um, our our sinful nature to the fall of Adam and Eve. They wanted more. Yeah. to be like God. And it's almost like, it's almost like they, you, the, you not being satisfied with what you have will lead you to that, uh, that, that, that decision, you know, to want more. Sure. Uh, Martin, just to add what you were saying, cause I looked up the verse when the Bible talks about Lucifer in, in that symbolic prophetic way. Uh, literally it says you were in Eden, the garden of God, every precious stone was your covering. And, it, and this shows you again, he had that all. and still wanted more. Um, uh, it was uh, the sardius, topaz, diamond, barrel, onyx, jasper, sapphire, turquoise, emerald with gold. In other words, all the, and I don't even know if that it was, he was literally covered with that. It may just be symbolic language saying, look, you had it all. Mm-hmm. You weren't missing anything. You weren't lacking anything. And mm-hmm. yet, right, you were the anointed cherub who covers, I establish you, you were on the holy mountain of God, right, etc. until iniquity was found in you. And what was that iniquity? I want to sit on the throne of God. And so that's why I keep thinking that because we're sinful, we're attracted to material things because mm-hmm. we're greedy. Greed, think, a.k.a. Yeah. Self, selfishness. And it goes yeah. back to that point to, that we were making that it seems like it's never enough, especially if we relate that to the Garden of Eden and Satan. Right. There's that selfishness will always if we allow that selfishness to reign. Right. As opposed to the love of God, that will always be the battle of wanting more and more and more and it seems to me that it will never end so what could so you know how we we hear you know the love of money right that's uh um mm. uh and so could it be the love of more the love of not never being satisfied the love of of wanting to attain you know to uh, i'm sorry the love of of uh of uh, um obtaining of, more obtaining more yeah 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 the search for more uh, Ecclesiastes 510 says something similar to what you're saying. Whoever loves money never has enough. I'm mm-hmm. reading from the NIV, right? Yeah, Whoever yeah. loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. And obviously mm-hmm. he says, this is vanity, right? This is meaningless. Um, maybe. Yeah. May, maybe it is. Uh, uh, it, it's loving money means l- loving that constant more and more and more. Mm-hmm. There's a there's another verse that kind of sounds similar. Uh, um, Hebrews thirteen five. This is from the English Standard Version. Keep your life free from 
the love of money and be content mm -hmm. with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Again, it's that, that, that uh, desire of not, or, or the not, not being satisfied with what you have, but because our nature, because our nature is, 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 is greedy. We want to have more, more of everything. For sure. Okay. Uh, okay. So we've just been saying though, like, okay, it's bad to, to want it's kind of, we've been saying it's bad to be rich. Like it's bad to want to be rich. Like just to want, 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 but what if you, you are want rich? more, what if you are rich though? Is that being a Christian yeah. and being rich? Is that, is, is that a bad thing? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great question. Jason, you got that. the answer though, brother. You got the answer. Just tell us. <laughs> I mean, no, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I want to hear from you guys first. Cause I, I have my idea of this. <laughs> I don't, I don't think uh, I, I personally don't believe that, that it's uh, um, bad for you to be, Wait, the question was rich and Christian or just rich? Rich. Rich. I, I don't, I don't think so. Like, is it bad for a Christian to be rich? Because we just mm -hmm. keep, like, we keep on saying, like, oh, the love of money is bad. Have, wanting, keeping, wanting more is bad. Like, we talk about all these rich people and problems that they have. But as a Christian, is there a problem with being a Christian and being rich? I don't, I don't think, uh, again, I, I don't think it's, it's an issue of, of rich people are bad, um, you know, or, or being rich is bad because there are a lot of really good, I think uh, Mitch or Andrew mentioned, you know, people who attained a lot, but they give more, you know, they have that, that spirit of, 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 of sharing what, what they've been blessed with or what, what they've worked hard for. Um, and for the Christian, I don't think it is bad, but bro, you put yourself in a position mm -hmm where you are tempted you know it's it, remember it's the love of you put your trust in and if you better you bet your faith better better hold on to jesus if you are pursuing or if you are rich and a christian because bro that, that money it, it will call to you it will call to you can i add a, a verse to this uh, you know i think uh Adding a principle to this in, uh, what is it? I believe it's Acts 4, 32, 32 to 35, uh, where it talks about the believers. You guys remember this? When the church would at, was at his, its peak, at its highest point, what happened there? It says, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them, uh, all that there was no needy persons among them. For, for from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, bought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. I feel like there is a connection, right, uh, between, you know, our spirituality and how we deal with what we our possessions right mm -hmm. what we do with our possessions i think it's a hundred percent possible to be a, a wealthy christian it's just what is the connection of how what are we doing with with our uh the stewardship of our money i think that exactly. right here it shows oh, that's the magic word right there right right here it shows that uh, i believe in the following verse it says uh barnabas right who sold his estate and and gives it to the apostles right I don't even know if, if you can consider that someone who was rich or maybe he wasn't uh, uh, or someone like a, a 
was it uh, uh, Joseph of Arimathea, right? Yeah. Who, who does, you know, these things, what are you doing with that wealth that you have attained, right? That, that is the problem. I don't think well, it's the problem of being rich. It's, is, are you allowing God to use those, you know, that wealth? In, in Luke 12, 15 says, take care and be on your guard against all coveted, covetedness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. You know, again, you, we have to be on our guard. We have to be, or oh, I'm not rich. Well, if I was rich, I have to be on my guard because that love is, it's too easy to, to want more. It's too easy to, to want to, to do everything or, or focus just on getting more. Cause I, you can have a Christian that starts off, you know, having a great business, starts off managing his money, starts off being a great steward. But somewhere along the line, when he keeps his eyes, when he places his eye not on God, or at least his, his heart not in God's hand to keep him right, faithful to, to that desire, then little by little, him or her start, you know, uh, um, you know putting to the side and focusing on yeah. getting more and more and more. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a text. I just want to add this, Jason, before you give us the correct answer. Uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but, but here you go. First, first Timothy 6.10. Oh, is that it? Is that it? Okay. You waited too long, my brother. You waited too long. Uh, oh, man. It's okay. It's okay. Perfect. Go for it. No, go, no, go ahead. It. Go ahead. Read it. I, I was going to read verse 10, but go ahead and read verse 9. All right, so verse nine was I was it was it was to what what Andrew was talking about. That, that's what I wanted to read, and it says, "But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition." I think one of the big differences between a Christian being faithful to God and being rich and being unfaithful is how it's it's, it's honestly how even he, he was even saying it in the study that it did like the happiness level. Like it, it's how they got to that money. Like if that Christian's focus is all about getting rich, like their hard work is done to getting rich. I think that's the problem. I think that's where wanting the love of money, like just completes, completely okay. messes up the Christianity as compared as to striving to be the best steward you can be with what God gives you. If that leaves you, mm. leads you to riches because you've been a good steward of what God has given you. By all means, keep on doing it. If anything, there's a there's the story of the talents. What happens with that? Yes, yes, good example. That's 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 like to me, that's a perfect example. Like it, they were all faithful in in what they had given, and God gave the the I mean, not God, um, the 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 owner gave them even more. And I think that's that's what that's what happens here in the Christian in the Christian's life. If you're faithful with what God has given you, He's going to keep on giving you more. Okay. See, I look. I, I want to chime in here for a second. Hold on. Let, let, let me chime in here, uh, Andrew. Uh, and by the way, we got some great comments going in. Yeah, I was going to say. Right we got we got to recognize though. But I find First Timothy chapter six verse nine a very interesting verse. By the way, because you just read it right now, and, and I'll read it. I'm reading from the NIV. It says, "Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap, and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin." and destruction. So Paul points to three dangers to those who want to get rich. Three. He says temptation, traps, and foolish and harmful desires, right? Mm. We know what temptation is. Like we get what temptation is, right? You want to get rich, you're going to be tempted by 
things that maybe will make you rich quicker and faster. I get that. Trap is a very interesting one to me, though. Because, you know, the first thing I thought of when I read trap on this text, I thought of debt. I thought of debt. Mm. I, I, in fact, I, I pulled this up just to kind of give you guys an idea. Generation Z, right now, right now, Generation Z, average amount of debt, $9,593. About a little under 10000 not a big deal. Gen Z, these are 18 to 23-year-olds right now. Millennials, which I think all of us are. All of us. <laughs> okay. Millennials, 78,396 is the average debt. What's going on? Well, you know what? We go to college. But you know what? When we go to college, isn't one of the things they tell you if you go to college, you're going to make more money? Like literally, you're in high school and you're looking at, you know, all these jobs and they even tell you what type of salary this person does. As if to tell you, look, choose your career based on how much money you make. Yeah. I, look, I think <laughs> there is there is a problem when we approach life solely looking at how much more money can I make? I believe that there are Hispanic fathers, and I mean this with all respect, Hispanic fathers who are well-meaning and say, I got to bring money home, but who abandon their family in the process because all they're thinking about is making more money. They think that means being good fathers. They think that means that's, that's being a good parent, but it's not because we're only thinking in terms of getting rich. Mm -hmm. And so Paul says, look, those who want to get rich fall into temptation, into traps, and then even eventually harmful desires. I point to Julio's example. He says, what's the appropriate way to getting rich or inappropriate? And he and uh, Julio Lopez, right? Julio Santos said that. But Julio Lopez says inappropriate would be something like gambling or something along those lines. Bro, gambling is a vice. Okay, gambling is a vice. Or it could be a vice, I guess. Maybe if I'm going to be more specific. Gambling could be a vice. And what's the problem? People will fall into that. Why? Because they're Ooh. trying to get rich. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell me it, what it, you guys it, think. It's, it's, I have a quick question. Is stocks considered gambling? I got everyone right there. No, no, no. I have an answer to that. It's gambling unless you buy GameStop stock. Yeah. Because hey, I'm, I'm telling you right now, there, there, I have, I have saw uh, uh, someone, uh, a coworker that I just heard of. Uh, just this last week, I said they are building. They, I, I think I believe my brother told me uh, a a mining rig, right, for Bitcoin to yes. to mine Bitcoin, which I don't even know what that means. But yes. uh, have, they bought four GTX. Uh, was it ten uh, nineties? The ten nineties or is it 2090s? If, it's new, if it's a brand new, it's going to be a thirty series. Uh, the R the RT the R. I don't know which one is it. The thirty nineties, right? Sure, 3090s, 3080s, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, he bought four of those, dude, okay. at like 2,000 a piece, 2,000 something a piece to build this mining rig to get Bitcoins, right, sure. to, to exploit the system or I don't know, all these sure. things, right? And, and they're all into like stocks and all these things. I'm like, and I want to hear your guys' take. What do you guys think? It's interesting. Okay, first of all, I don't understand anything you just said regarding bitcoins um don't worry, I, I, know I, I didn't bitcoins understand are, what i said either but i don't understand this whole mining because i thought it was bitcoins is just electronic money um but okay so school me on what you just said because i'm pretty sure there are brothers and sisters que están diciendo 
¿Qué es lo que dijo él no, de no, no. eso? 500, yeah. no sé qué. Keep it, keep it, keep it simple. Keep it simple because Bitcoin, like, like, like the stock market itself, has value. Okay, digital currency. But, but for the record, dollar has value. It, it, the Mexican peso has value, right? For now. And all these things are involved also in the stock market. So, it, it, see, I, I'm going to go back to Andrew's question, and I think it's much more nuanced than just a simple yes or no, because. Essentially, if I'm if I'm investing into a business, which I think is what Julio Santos is, is pointing out to right when he says, so that means opening your own business would be inappropriate since it's a gamble. No, I it's a risk. Different, though. It's a, I believe it's a risk if we want to use the right word. Right. It's a risk. And I wouldn't use the word gamble because gamble would mean it is solely based on chance and luck. Mm -hmm. And that's why I would not say that the stock market is a gamble. But I would say that at times the stock market is is a risk. And the question is whether or not you should take that risk as a Christian and as someone who is a good steward of, of, of your money. And full disclosure here, Martin, before you keep going, churches have money in stock markets. Mm. Like that's that's just what it is. Uh, retirement accounts are on on the stock market. So let's think very closely to what we're trying to say. <laughs> I opened a can of worms, didn't I? No, 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 no. Actually, I, I wanted to uh, address something that, that Andrew, he mentioned stocks, right? Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but the story, the, 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 the parable of the talents, doesn't the master say to his unfaithful servant, the one that has the one talent, that shouldn't he, if I'm understanding, the, shouldn't he had placed the, the money or the talent in the bank or or to invest even to get return back interest isn't uh, that a, also a type of interest a, a type of a, a of like stock market isn't is that am i am i remembering the verse correctly here it is i'll read it for you this is matthew 25 27 so you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming i would have received back my own with interest okay So, so again, there, at least I, I, I'll, I'll take the principle that you can invest as long as you are wise in your investments, because there are other people that don't have what that aren't wise investors that don't look into good businesses that will actually grow in the market that, that, that you have. Um, like, okay, for example, I, for, for about four or five months, I was glued with, uh, um, Uh, uh, Gordon, Gordon Ramsay's uh, 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 Kitchen Nightmares, yes. right? So yes. when, when he goes into a, a place and he sees that it's horrible, right? He wants, he, he wants to bring life back into that kitchen or, or to that restaurant. So what he ends up doing in many, uh, many instances is he goes around and starts investigating, starts seeing, number one, what the, the community doesn't have and what will sell. Sure. The way, and then he goes, the way he does that is because it would at least guarantee that there will be an interest in your food and, and, and people will walk in because it's something that they don't have. I think that same principle we can definitely apply with our investments and what we like in the, the brother here, you know, getting our own business. If we do our homework, if we uh, take the time to fully know uh, the market and what will actually uh, thrive in the market, I don't think opening a business or even using stock stock uh, uh, using your money in the stock market is 
a gamble. I think it's it's a calculated risk. If I okay. can use those two okay. words together. Get, get, get Andrew in this because Andrew said he had an answer to that. So what's I never up? said oh, okay, I had okay, an okay. answer. I said I wanted to hear oh, what you guys had to say. Oh, I had on, no man. answer I, for that. that oh, I, you had. Oh, I, I, I thought it was in, interesting. You just, you just, interesting you just, for sure. You just throw the rock and then hide your hand. Yeah, pretty much. I, I, didn't, I didn't do it. <laughs> no. I didn't do it. But, 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 hey, but I'm but busting look. a geo. <laughs> Where's geo, man? Where's geo? Where, where is he at? Geo would be throwing a wrench. What is it? Throw, throwing a, throwing a, a monkey, a, a monkey, monkey wrench, uh, a monkey, monkey wrench, something like that. No, but in, in I, I answer a, a question, uh, uh, which uh, Julio says, what's the appropriate way to get to getting rich, right? Or, or inappropriate. Uh, there was a verse that came to my mind kind of going along with what you guys were uh, reading in. Um, and uh, for some reason I deleted the, where it's found, but it says, um, and then he spoke a parable to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for, for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then those, then who will those things be? be which you have provided so so he so is he who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich toward god i think you know going along the line of you know how is it that we can or the appropriate way of getting rich if i could even say this is right here it gives us uh, the inappropriate way is you are storing up stuff for yourself right you are building these things as a as opposed to allowing god to build those things or building riches to God. I think that if those riches come, that's fine. As long as you're building riches towards heaven. I mean, if God's going to bless you, he's going to bless you with those things, right? It's all, also not being, uh, how would you say, um, not, uh, unwise with your with your businesses and all these things, right? You're not going to take it to the extreme and say, oh, you know what? I have riches in God. You know, he's going to take, take care of all those things. You know, I think that we have to be wise towards those things too. But I think it's how we prioritize the two right? Are we, do we have riches towards God? Then, then I can think we could say the, uh, the, the latter, right? But as far as this guy, he's saying, you know, I have built these things, you know, how is your wealth coming? Is God placing that? Is he giving that to you? Or are you trying to build yourself? You know? So, uh, I got a comment and also a quote that I can read. Um, but the comment, the comment is this, um, and this is from, for many of my Adventist friends and, and family members who love um, donating and giving money to mission or mission causes. Sure, sure. Um, I remember reading, uh, I'm trying to find the, the quote where uh, in one of Ellen White's writings, whether it was a pamphlet or a book where she talks about those who give to missions, right? She calls them to be wise uh, for two reasons. Number one, that there are people that when they give, they give everything and their family is poor. And there is the other side that those who don't want to give anything and they themselves are just, you know, covering the money, you know. And I think that also is, is something that that we as as Christians, maybe that's the reason why many Christians aren't rich, because we don't know. We don't know what to do with the money that we have. How are we going to be with 
if God blesses, say, 50 of us with twice as much, we're probably not, we're probably going to be worse off than what we are now. Well, mm-hmm. you, you, you know what? Can we get a biblical example for that? What you just said right now, a job comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Hey, Job was rich, man. I mean, he, I, the, the story begins by saying he was rich. In fact, I should probably look up the text real quick because uh, um, literally, if I remember correctly, uh, he was, um, let me tell you. Yeah, it says, um, also his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels. That doesn't mean much to us, but it explains it afterwards. 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a very large household. So that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. Hey man, look, I've seen a lot of farmers here, and that's a lot. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I now begin to understand that. Oh, type oh you got of, it. Okay. Hey, man, that description. I, 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 still, I still live in Southern California. So, but, but, but so he was rich. And, and what's funny is that in the very first temptation, right? If you guys remember the story of Job, he loses his property and his children, right? And he says, this is, these are his words. He, or he, first it says, he arose, he tore his robe, he shaved his head fell to the ground and worshiped. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. So if Job would have loved money above all things, he would have cursed God. He would have cursed God. At that moment, he would have said, God is destroying me. God is punishing me. God is this, God is that. But he didn't do that. He said, look, I have received and if God wants to take away, then so be it. God wants to take away, which means God is still at the top. And then at the very end, I'll let you jump in this, Andrews. I, I see you just ready to pounce <laughs> yeah, yeah. on this. I want to okay? jump up. Uh, up and that. at the very end, after he's lost everything, essentially that we are talking about today, comfort, health, materialism, right? After he's lost all of it, God gives him 10 times more than what he had originally. So mm-hmm. if he was great, the greatest man in all the East. What is the Bible trying to teach us? Which I, uh, would, I keep thinking that Job is probably one of the deepest books in the Bible when it comes to human experience, if not the deepest. What is it trying to tell me? It is trying to tell me that if you do not love money, God will give you money. <laughs> if you, you know what I mean? Like because that will not sway you away from God. Mm-hmm. But, but, very quick example: Hezekiah was given health. God wanted to take his life, I think. Okay, he was like, this is it, it's over, you're done. He begs for more. God says, all right, fine, this is what you want, this is what you want. And what's the next thing he does? Babylonians come in, he's like, look at all my riches. And now you fell into the thing that God was trying to avoid you. I, I don't know, man, I think Job is, is, is an incredible example of this issue. I, I, Andrew, I know you yeah. want to say something. Yeah, I want to... Uh, uh... A jump off, off of that, a, back, a piggyback off that uh, verse onto another verse, right? Hebrews 10, 32, 35, right? Because you were talking about how Job, you know, when he lost everything, right? You know, he, he he's still in that, didn't, you know, he didn't curse God or anything, right? Here, uh, Paul is talking about a Christians, right? Who, uh, a type of Christian, right? It says right here, remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and look what it says here and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves 
had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Goes back to this idea of being richly rewarded in God, right? Rich toward God. Just realizing as uh, uh, Paul says in another place, right? That everything that we see is temporary, right? It's passing away. But that which we cannot see is eternal. So we focus our eyes on that which is eternal. This idea that, yes, we have these possessions here, but someone who, uh, I guess you would say, a true disciple of Christ, right, can have all these possessions. Yes, it's fine, right? But will at any moment be prepared to give it up because they know they have something greater, right? Mm -hmm. And Ellen White even uh, uh, fortifies this even more in Ministry of Healing 2.13. She says, the Bible condemns no man for being rich. If he acquired his riches honestly, it says not money, but the love of money is the root of all evil. It is God who gives men power to get wealth and in the hands of him who acts as God's steward, using his means unselfishly. Wealth is a blessing both to its uh, possessor and to the world. But many absorbed in their interest in worldly treasures become insensible to the claims of God and the needs of their fellow men. They regard their wealth as a means of glorifying themselves. They add house to house and land to land. They fill homes with luxuries while all about them are human beings in misery and crime in disease and death. Those who thus give their lives to self-serving are developing in themselves, not the attributes of God, but the attributes of the wicked one. So there's this idea that there's a connection between yes, having wealth, right? But the spiritual side is, if you are a Christian, a rich Christian, a wealthy Christian, the idea is that what will you do? You will bless others with that instead of just glorifying yourself, building up yourself just to have these things. Um, I want to I want to actually add to what what uh, Andrew just mentioned. Uh, um, this uh, it's principles of, of family finance in the Adventist home. Um, money is not necessarily a curse. It is. It is of high value because it, if rightly, uh, rightly appropriated, it can do good in the salvation of souls and many in blessing others who are poorer than ourselves. And in that same paragraph, it says, uh, she writes, money is a constant tent, uh, test of the affections. Whoever acquires more than sufficient for his real needs should seek wisdom and grace to know his own heart and to keep his heart diligently lest he have imaginary wants and become an unfaithful steward using with uh, prod- prodigality his Lord's entrusted capital. Mm-hmm. A brother, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Julio Santos asked, did any of you guys fear being homeless or bankruptcy? And this, this is something that I went through. I, I had to apply before for bankruptcy. Um, and this was over 15 years ago. The reason why I did that is because I was a horrible with money. Yeah. My parents always tried to show me to be wise with money, to uh, give my tithes, uh, offering to be to to not do all the mistakes that I did, and I had to learn the hard way how to uh, not only be grateful with what I had, but also use what I had and use it in a wise way and not want more because that was my problem when I was very when I was in my twenties, man. I, I I had two great paying jobs. You know, I, 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 and now I, I, to this day, don't know what I did with that money. I was a horrible steward. I was a horrible uh, investor. I mean, 
it, it, it came and it went so quickly. I mean, it was ridiculous that it plunged me into bankruptcy. I mean, I, I lost a car. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I was in credit card debt and it, it was horrible. But now I look back and that I'm like, you know what? I had to learn that hard, hard way. And hopefully if whoever has seen this, you know, learn from, from my mistakes, you know, you know, it, let God be the one to guide your, 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 your desire. That whole thing. Money is a constant test of your affections, bro. That is, that is uh, with the pun that is on the money with what exactly, you know, yeah. we've been talking about today. Yeah. But Martin, you know what? Look, let me, let me chime in there because I think it's a, it's an, it's an incredible question. What uh, Julio's asking. And, and I, I think there's a, um, there's something implied there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's be honest. Are, are we fearful to be homeless or bankrupt? And I'll be the first one to say, yeah, yeah. for sure. Now, the problem is, where does that fear lead me to? I, I think this is this is the million dollar question. No pun intended either. Right. Where where does that fear lead me? To? I, it's the puns are just all over the place. Look, look how the, how money is. just in, in, in our, Where where does it where does it lead you to? Well, hey, you know what, man, I got to work. I got to work and I got to work. I got to work. I got to work. So I never end up homeless and I never end up bankrupt. Yeah. And you know what happens? And obviously these are all hypothetical and circumstantial. I get it. Then you work so hard that you work yourself to death. You end up in a hospital bed. And now you got medical bills that you cannot pay. You ended up bankrupt anyways and homeless anyways. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, and again, that's only one case. I, I, all I'm trying to say is that does the fear of being bankrupt or being homeless drive you to make more money or does it drive you to God? Because mm. see, God goes in and he says, look, seek first the kingdom of God. I got to preach on this tomorrow. Right, seek first the kingdom of God. That's why you have all this, and it's righteousness. No, I mean my my message is a little different on this, but it 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 applies. And and God says, and Jesus says, and everything else shall be added unto you. And 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 this is one of the points that I make tomorrow, which is look at the end. There is space for the other things and His kingdom and righteousness. Mm -hmm. There is space for both. The issue is when we put one above the other, and you find your trust in the money as opposed to finding your trust in God. Here, check this out. This is 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, 18, and 19. And by the way, we're talking about money. We're talking about how to become rich appropriately. This is incredible counsel from Paul to Timothy to rich people. Okay? This is 1 Timothy 6, 17. He says, Paul is writing to Timothy, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, all right, mm. there you go. If you're rich, don't be arrogant. That's the first thing. And second, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but yeah. to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. <clears throat> Just stop there for a second because I think that's so powerful. Don't be arrogant when you're rich. Some Look, Abraham was rich. Solomon was rich. Job was rich. King David was rich. I mean, these people had money. Like you can't, you can't, we can't deny that. Don't be arrogant. D- don't don't be pompous. Don't go out flaunting your money, right? Um, uh, our, our music flaunts money. The modern day music flaunts money. It yeah. is about showing off how rich you are. That's a problem. But two, don't put your hope in wealth. And look what he continues saying. This is verse 18. Command them to be good. Uh, sorry, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, 
they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. And that's the advice right there, man. Like I, 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 I'm, I don't think us trying to make money to live or to buy a house or to get an education is wrong. But mm -hmm. when your trust is in the wealth, is in the riches and not in God, when you are not willing to share, not to, willing to be generous, bro, you're in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. You're going in the wrong direction. And that is biblical. That is literally what Paul is saying. And you can see that, uh, I, and you guys can probably have even heard of, of this type of example. I've met countless of, of young people and young families that, that they are in a situation where they need a job or or they need a better job and they get that job, right? And then the change in their seeking God is drastic as in there is no more seeking God to the point that some completely leave the church because their focus is, bro, yeah, I got, I just got this job, you know, so I'm not going to come to Sabbath because I got to work, you know, right, I, right, I, oh, right. Right. You know, I, I can't I can't I can't do this because I'm working. Oh, but but you were involved in all these things before where God now gave you this blessing of a job and now the job consumes you. And that you can add anything else. I mean, I've seen that with relationships where all of a sudden they've been wanting that one person that that significant other and bam, that relationship consumes them and draws them away from God. And, and, and I mean, and, and you're right. You know, there is nothing wrong with us wanting a better job wanting a better life you know having some stability but when that takes over as the focus as our as our as our drive the uh, you know and removes us from god then that's when we got really got to think about think about it twice martin let me say this let me say this guys i need to say this because because you just mentioned the sabbath and it just popped this thing into my head this image right how many times have i heard i can't keep the sabbath because i'm going to lose my job Right. All right. You know what the Sabbath does? You know what the Sabbath? The Sabbath literally is a push against a materialistic way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Okay. It is. By the way, recently there was a video we were talking about. I'm not going to mention the name of the video, but that's one of the things that is mentioned in that video appropriately enough, because you know what it does? It requires you to put job and money second. Mm -hmm. Oh, you could say, oh, you know what you could say? You could, I'm a business owner. I don't work on the Sabbath, but you have employees working on the Sabbath. Why? Why? Oh, you oh, you have them working because they're still making money for you. All right. I, how many times have we gotten to this discussion of like, what about a nurse or a doctor if they work on the Sabbath? Like, is that okay or is that not okay? Look, everybody's got to make their personal decision, but I will tell you one thing. The Sabbath requires you to think second about money, mm -hmm. first about God. We talk about, oh, we keep the Sabbath because he instituted in, in heaven. That is true. That, I mean, in, in Eden, that is true. That's not wrong. But there's utility to the Sabbath. There's purpose to the Sabbath. The moment that you're willing to say, no, I can't work, you stand up to your boss and you say, nope, I can't. I just can't. I, I, I can't work on the day, but you're going to make more money. No, I can't because God comes first. That is what God is looking for. But you know what happens? Every And I'm witness to this. I've seen this over and over again. People do that and people get blessed. That's yep. not a coincidence. That's not a coincidence because that is a way of thinking that the Bible is trying to instill in us. And the mm -hmm. Sabbath is one way of be, being able to live your life that way. Yeah. Hey, by the way, I want to get Jason in here. because Jason, I haven't heard you I know. in like, in like, in like 30 minutes, bro. What's up? You guys have had good points. I mean, 
if we go back to the to to like trying to just obtain riches there's so many examples in the bible of people that did that that failed god with money that tried to to up themselves look at look at um elisha what is it his his companion elisha's companion what happened to him good example that, that that one just blows my mind he was with elisha seeing all these miracles elisha tells him don't touch that money don't touch that he goes back he's like hey you know what he changed his mind and he keeps the money hiding it from elisha it caught up with him and Wait, isn't that also the the he ended up keeping up the having the um naaman's leprosy isn't that also the the the, the along the same lines with uh a Sophira and uh, exactly um, that's and Ananias and Sapphira. Exactly another one, and that one that one just blows my mind. Like, what happened on the spot? They just dropped dead on the spot. Both of mm-hmm. them. Like hey, God, you, Jason. God doesn't like if you make a promise like that to God. He doesn't. He doesn't play with that stuff. Like God is. If you make a promise, He's faithful in keeping His promises too. And just because of the greed of money, look what happened to them. Guys, I, I want to, I, and, and Jason, I'm going to go straight back to you on this one. But, uh, and even before I go in there, because I, I think we're going to start concluding here, but um, there, there have been some really important comments. I really don't want to ignore them. Um, Isaura had mentioned uh, that, uh, and this is, this is back probably like 30, 40 minutes ago, when one is not content with their blessing, mm-hmm. one can become greedy or materialism, right? Mm-hmm. I, and I think, I think that's important to be recognized. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Lydia, and I'll translate this, right? She says that I believe that when that happens, and we were talking about uh, uh, being attracted to wealth, uh, we are concentrating on the world that is around us. But when we focus on the spiritual, then we begin to understand what really has value. Okay, what really has value. And I think that's important. Um, and then he saw it a little bit later, also mentioned, this is towards the end. She says, one needs to use all their gifts for the kingdom of God, finances, time, anything we have. And when we realize that everything we have belongs to him, it's easier to give away or share. And that last comment is, is where I want to get to. And maybe we can finish with this. All right. We haven't spoken about one story in the Bible, one story. And that's the rich young ruler. And there is no way that we can finish this conversation without mentioning that. Mm-hmm. No way. And by the way, you know what? Maybe we'll, we'll have a conversation. Uh, Isaura brings up uh, the medical workers working on the Sabbath for money, then it's wrong. But if they're working to serve others, right? And I, th- I think that's always a question that's interesting to discuss. Uh, we could probably get back to that some other time. But here's my question to you guys. What lesson, and we'll try to end here. What lesson do we learn from the rich young ruler? And subsequently, what we learn from what Jesus says to the experience of the rich young ruler? By the way, anybody that's watching us, if you have a comment on this, we want to hear as well. You know the story of the rich young ruler. What, what, what can we take out of that to apply to this conversation? What say you guys? You know, I, I, I actually had that verse here. We were, it was, I had it for the beginning, but we never went over it. But, you know, I, I, the response that he says, right, obviously we, know, we don't have to go into the whole story, right? Uh, after the rich young, uh, rich young ruler responds to Jesus says, but he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful for he had great possessions right just keep that in mind and then uh, fast forward a little bit when jesus says but jesus looked at them and said with men it is impossible but not with god for god 
for with God, all things are possible, right? This is when the mm-hmm. disciples are asking, then who can be saved, right? And this to me, these two, you know, that he was the fact that he was sad and walked away because he had great possessions. And then the, that, that statement that I said that, uh, you know, with God, not, anything is possible, right? With man, it's not possible. This to me tells me that as human beings, right, the attachments, the, the subconscious materialism that we have, it's something that's serious, right? If, if it's something that God says with us, it's impossible. That means that for us to let go of these material things or these possessions that we have in and of, of ourselves, it's impossible. It says we need God to be able to remove that materialistic mindset out of us, right? Because, you know, we think to ourselves, oh, I can give this up. I can give this up, right? And, and you know, you think of addictions, right? When, you, you know, you're, you're uh, whatever it could be, you know, it could be PC parts, cameras, it could be cars, whatever hey, it may hey, be. Hey, hey, why, why you got to go there? Uh, why you got to go soccer, there? Soccer, basketball, right? All these things, whatever materialistic thing you could think of, right? And that's saying to you, saying to us right here, that it's hard to let go of those things, right? When we always bash the rich young ruler and we say, oh man, you know, he, he gave up eternal life, right? But it says he had many possessions. That mm. means if we put ourselves in that same place, we might answer the same way. We might walk away sorrowful to Jesus' uh, call to us because it says yeah. right there, without God, it's impossible. In, if, mm. in and of ourselves, it's saying that if we were put in that situation yeah. without God in our hearts, we would have done the same we would have made the same decision. I found an interesting uh, comment that actually I think will piggyback with uh, what uh, Andrew just mentioned. It said the rich young ruler thought that he loved God. Think about everything that, that he told Jesus that he did. Oh, Lord, you know, I keep the commandments. You know, I do all this, you, you know. Right. And then and the, until Jesus revealed his idol to him. Mm. You know, uh, um, mm. again, I think we mentioned this in, in, the, in the getting ready phase of, of this comment that one of the questions that, that uh, um, uh, I've been told to ask, right, uh, um, you know, people and also, you know, groups is, okay, so if you had $100,000, what would you do? You know, in this case, imagine, imagine if I came to your church and I asked you, you know, I will give you $100,000. What are you going to do with that money? And what they say that they're going to do with that money is the, the area of importance, you know? Um, sure. You know, we, we, we talked about, you know, what uh, at the beginning, you know, what, what we would do or what people say we would do, you, they would do with money, right? Pay off loans, t- uh, uh, buy houses, cars, whatever. Uh, and then if you notice, usually at the end, people say, but you know what, I'll give about, you know, a certain amount to the church, you know, or, or, or you know, I'll, I, I'll give my diezmo y mi, mi ofrenda con eso. It's usually always in the end because at the very at the very beginning we give what is mm. what draws us we give what's important right. to us and with the rich young ruler we I mean the, the 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 Bible the Bible Ellen White especially when you read the Desire of Ages it talks about all these gifts that this man had not just money but talents he would have been he would have been an amazing addition to the already disciples that you had there. But because his love for the material, his love for money was so much, he turned away from Jesus, you know, and, and I'm just like, wow, like, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know what, what bigger example we, 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 can, we can have that when money takes over, we will lose 
the most precious thing that can be before us, which in this case is Christ. And then if we look into another Bible story with Jesus, look at Zacchaeus. Look at what happened to him. Mm. He was super greedy with money. He was mm-hmm. even like stealing yeah. from his own people. Yeah. Well, what happened when Jesus came into his heart? He gave it all back. And what was it? I think it was like he gave it back like five times that amount five or three times, more, three times more. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It was something yeah. like that. Like that. That's literally like he had all the money that he needed, but he's like, you know what, God? Like, okay, I'll put it to work. I'll give it back to them. And I'll, you know what? I'll add more onto that. And what does Jesus say? Salvation came to this house. Yeah. yeah. And th- th- that's the thing. It, the two opposite ends of the, of the spectrum either you have jesus and you have the money or you, or you don't one salvation one is when you get lost it, it, it it's crazy how simple but complicated it is at the same time you, you know you know can i say this i you, you brought up zacchaeus and, and that's a great example of, of the other side of this right uh, uh where someone is willing to give up everything but but i think what you brought up inspired this thought which is what is the price that we would put for eternal life? Hmm. So how much are you willing to pay? And the rich young ruler said, hey, giving up my riches is way too much. Now, that's weird. That's weird because if you think logically, if you rationalize through this, you would say, well, wait a minute. You mean to tell me that you would want to have riches now and reject eternal life? Your life is going to be a span of what? 50 years more? 40 years more? And then you die. Or live on forever. In streets of gold. In, 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 uh, eternal, in, youth. in, in eternal youth. You, I mean, I okay, so you weigh those things rationally and you say, this, this is no comparison. Give it up, dude. Like, like, you're, like you're rooting for the guy, right? As you're reading the story. No, no, give it up. Don't do that. Don't do that. And he turns away. Jesus says, by the way, that it is difficult for a rich man basically to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Well, why? Because the rich man has to give up a lot. Mm-hmm. If you're poor, you don't have much to give up. And so maybe it's easier in poverty to accept God because the price personally, immediately is not that bad. But when you're rich, you have obtained a lot of things and you got to give them all up. But no matter if you're rich or poor, in my opinion, the price, the the reward that God gives you is still way beyond anything that you can have now, and I think it goes to the fact that we are so focused on the here and now, mm-hmm. and not on the tomorrow. Isn't, right? We are we are we are about the the immediate, what we can see, what is palpable, right? Not what is eternal. Flip it around, and when you're focused and and on the eternal. None of this stuff has any value. You have it, but you're willing to get rid of it at any moment should it be needed. Mm. Sorry, Martin, what were you going to say? No, no. Uh, when you are listening to you, like, like, uh, um, you know, especially putting those things on 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 a balance, um, isn't that the 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 idea or the example that we received from Joseph of uh, Arimathea? That some, someone mentioned that that. A lot of these men, him and I would even say uh, Nicodemus, um, they struggled so much with giving up that what they had, which eventually they did, right? Joseph or Matthias gave the tomb back to, uh, gave his tomb to Jesus, you know, and 
-hmm. And Nicodemus struggled with the fact that he would lose prestige with the group that he was a part of, with, with with the people that had all this respect for him. If he just followed Jesus, you're absolutely right. You know, if it was hard for the rich young ruler, I could just imagine for these men already older, gone already through many years with the power that they've had, the experience, what they had to go through to attain what they had at that moment, that when Jesus presented themselves before them, no wonder it took them so long for them to finally give that up for Christ. You yeah, know, but to- they, but yeah, but they, you know what, Martin? Yes, it's true. And yet Zacchaeus was also rich and loaded in money and he gave it up like Quick. that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and what I'm thinking, though, as you say that, what I'm thinking is, look, what is it that we value? I think that's the that's the that's the main question that that we want to leave with all of you. Right. What is it that we value at the end? Mm-hmm. Because I think when you have tasted and experienced the peace of God, the love of Jesus, the joy of knowing you are saved. These things don't matter much. Mm-hmm. You begin to say like Job, God giveth and God taketh away. Whatever, man. Like, but I'm good in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think to all the young people, because I know a lot of them, you know, have this vision of, hey, mate, someday we're going to get rich. More money, more money. You know, yeah. just make sure uh, you value. Get rich or what, die trying. Yeah, just make yeah. sure you value what 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 means a lot. Anyways, any last words? Any last words? Um, I'll start first. I've been talking a lot. Um, I'll finish. I'll finish first too. Uh, no, no, Jason. Jason has been talking a lot. Oh, okay. Jason okay. has been talking. A lot. <laughs> no, I see. I think that's why we should leave Jason last because he has so much wisdom that we need to hear this man speak. Yes. Yes. Um. Matthew 6, 21, which I think we mentioned for where your heart, where your treasure is, your heart will be also, you know, we must ask God to examine our heart. God will reveal to us where that, what that treasure is. And if it's Christ or something else, and if it's something else, we got to pray that he remove that treasure from our hearts and put his, his Mm -hmm. character, his peace, his love, his spirit back in our heart. Very well. Appreciate that, Martin. And, And any, any last words, Andrew? Yeah, um, I guess one of the things that came to my mind as we we're talking about, as you were talking about, uh, was it Zacchaeus, right? And uh, what, what was uh, Joseph of Arimathea and um, Nicodemus, right? We see the struggle with the wealth and following Christ. And you see how you see different experiences, right? How one is able to give up one at, at a drop of a dime and one at others at uh, you know, and we see how the Holy, you know, it's true that the, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is like the wind, right? We don't know how it, it comes, if, if the wind blows, you know, we don't know how the Holy Spirit is working on, on, on these men, you know, but it, it, one of the uh, verses that came to my mind and it just um, is in Acts 10 uh, through 4 when it's talking about uh, Cornelius, right? Mm-hmm. What happened with the, with the gospel message, right? And, and I see a correlation of connection with God, sincerity relationship with god and what happens with our riches or what do we let go right because right here uh, in acts 10 4 it says and when he observed him right the angel he was afraid and said what is it lord so he said to him your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before god so this man who know he knew something about god obviously because he was praying to him 
right? Did he know the gospel message? Probably not, right? But even yeah. in the, his uh, little knowledge that he knew, this unbeliever, right, was giving, right? So God was affecting this man in some way, so much so that he was someone that his, his, his gifts to the poor came up as an offering to God, right? So this to me speaks so much because as a believer, right, if someone who was an unbeliever who knew very little bit, little of God, right, was giving with what he had and God impacted him in that way, how much more someone who is a Christian believer, right, or, or we say, or some, how does someone who is, uh, can someone be Christian and rich, right, is, mm-hmm. you know, when we compare those two, if someone who was an unbeliever and God even, you know, gave him the gospel message because of what his heart spoke, how much more as us as Christians should we give that example as well? You know, and just like and just like you guys were saying, none of these things are our possessions, right? It, once we realize that it's not just the tenth that is God's, but it's everything, then we start to look at everything differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Appreciate that, Andrew. Jason. Proverbs 15, 16. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, I read that text during the week and it reminded me of this the story of the widow. She literally put everything that she had for offering. Literally everything. And it wasn't I can't remember the exact amount on the, off the top of my head right now, but it was, it was nothing. Not. It was technically it was nothing. The monetarily wise, it was nothing. You couldn't even buy something to eat with that. Mm-hmm. But she gave everything that she had. As compared to the Pharisee, like he was throwing out these great prayers, throwing all this money that was extra that he had. So it wasn't even something sincere. God prefers sincereness over selfishness any yeah. day. Yeah. yeah. And especially to all the young people, like we know what the what the world's gonna throw at you. All the musicians out there, all the all the athletes out there. All all you see is their money. But ask them, how's their life spiritually? Do they believe that they're going to be saved? Do they think there really is a God out there that loves and cares for them? See, we know that there is. And I mean, there's there's even the parable of the great pearl in the Bible. The guy that sold everything just to have that pearl. Mm -hmm. Why can't we try to achieve the same thing? And it it's something that starts off as little as being faithful with your tithes. Yeah. Something that's small or make it easier offering, giving offering. It's little things like that. It's little Mm -hmm. trends that you start setting that build up into bigger things Mm -hmm. right now. Maybe you're giving 10% for a tithe. Okay. Put it to give next time. 15. Later on, you go down the road, you're giving 50%. And even God, it's it's a text that we read so much in church that we that we that we don't that we just we just take it as basic fact. Bring your tithes into the offering and try me. But like seriously, guys, like look at that verse, look at the stories in the Bible, and put your put your offerings, put your tithes into that offering box. Give it to God, and the blessings are just gonna pour from heaven. It's it doesn't have to be a monetary blessing. Mm-hmm. It could be health. It could be having good grades in school. It could be getting into the school that you want, getting into the career that you want. And most importantly, getting salvation. Mm. Out of all things, 
getting salvation. Jason, I, I appreciate those words, and, and I'm just going to uh, cap this off with the verse. I'm not even going to make a comment at all because it says it all. This is Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, and it says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, The Lord is my hel helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me mm. can't put it better than that we want to wrap it up um uh jason you want to lead us in a, in a final word of prayer please yeah um let's go ahead and pray guys um father god i want to thank you lord so much for all the blessings that you give us lord now lord after having this conversation lord i'm more importantly more than anything i pray that you help us be faithful stewards of yours Amen. be it with our time be it with our money be it whatever it is where we're failing, Lord, help us to be faithful to you. Because faithfulness is going to take us a long way. And if we're faithful in the little things, you'll bless us with even bigger things, God. Please be with every single one of these youth, adults, and just church family that, that, that is watching this, Lord. And that will watch this eventually, Lord. Please be with them, bless them, and let, them be a, let this conversation be a blessing for them as it has been for us. Be with us for the rest of the Sabbath, Lord, and let us enjoy it with you. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 Hey, guys, look, this was a great conversation. But more importantly, everybody that has been with us today, thank you so much for joining us on this conversation on materialism, on wealth, on, on these things that we're all, uh, uh, that we all have to deal with. Now, now, very important. We are working right now on getting these conversations in only audio. So you could just listen to them on your headphone while you're working out, uh, while you're doing the dishes, while you're cooking, while you're walking, whatever. Okay. Uh, we're working on that. But more importantly, in two weeks, in two weeks, we got another great conversation for you guys. And I think this one's going to be a blessing. And I know maybe it's been on your mind, especially if you've seen some things on vaccinations out there. Right? No, we're not going to be talking about vaccines. We are going to be talking about the mark of the beast. Okay, about the mark of the beast, the end it's of Revelation 13. Go, go read it. Okay, you're going to. We're going to talk, yeah, that's right. We're going to be talking about six six six. We're going to be talking about what it means not to buy or sell. I think you guys kind of get the idea why we're progressing into that. I'm not sure what the triangle means, but you, you, know, you missed. It's the eye. It's the one eye. Oh, it's the eye. It's how it is. I just saw a triangle like in the middle. I'm like, what? What is it? I was, I was, I was saying Illuminati, my man. I'm like try, trying to catch a football. What? Uh, who's throwing a football? Anyways, so in two weeks, if God permits, February 26th, Mark of the Beast. And again, we hope that you'll share this conversation with your friends, with your family. We hope that it's a blessing. And once again, we thank you so much for joining us. And you know, if all of a sudden your world starts getting a little shaky and money and, you know, you're like, how am I going to pay my bills? You know, I'm trying to do right with God. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I'm right financially, but it's just all tough. What do I do? Hey, we also got five words for you. Five. Okay. Relax. Keep calm and Advent on. That's the best advice we can give you. Keep looking towards the coming of Jesus. You know, he's coming soon. He'll take care of you. Always will. God bless. Have a happy Sabbath. We'll see you in two weeks.